to a special playoff edition of the Dad Bod Pod. After a month break, we are back. I have my favorite co-host, Caleb Fleming on the line. Caleb, how's Sweden? Hey, Jamie. I'm happy to be here. Sweden is quite dark this time of year and also pretty rainy and cold, so it's it's not great, but that's okay. Is uh, is this the third time that I've, or fourth time I've co-hosted this year? Third time. We'll say three. I, I don't have anybody to fact check this, and Zach will not edit it out if we're wrong, but I'm going to say three. This has, is the third time. Has Zach ever put anything in the show notes that I've asked him to? I don't believe so. Didn't ask for a video one time, right? And he didn't even try. I'll, I'll back you right. up on this one. I'm, yeah. I'm going to say he did, he did not do that. Well, regardless, uh, whether it's three or four, or if I've been the co-host for a few seasons now, it is just an honor to be here and always a delight to get to catch up a little bit. I think it's it's a little bit funny and maybe disappointing for our listeners to know that a majority of the prep that we do is actually just a conversation of, of what's going on and uh, not as much agenda as they might like. So that's okay. We'll, we'll do it live. I, I don't think anybody believed we did any prep. So I think you're blowing some minds right there that we did something in the way of prep. That we said the word agenda. Yeah. <laughs> Even that has exceeded expectations. That's good. We're already over-delivering. Exactly. Which I just need to give a shout out to our last guest, Traco, the Kraken. He had like segment ideas he gave me a list of like 10 options. I was like, that's great. Let's just do all of them. And boom, go down the line. So huge shout out to him. And I did not continue that for this episode. So that's my bad, you guys. That was a really great episode too. I laughed out loud a number of times at the different things that Trey said. So I appreciate the prep work and immediately already feel underwhelmed in our own performance here. With that in mind, you should... You should try to get Trey as your co-host. He is an entertainer. First class entertainer. He, when he comes, he puts on a show. And, yeah. you know, that's why every now and then we got to summon the Kraken. And we were talking too earlier that maybe, I mean, there's an obvious, no one could argue there's a, a correlation between pod engagement and fantasy season performance. Um, we were saying earlier, maybe if Trey come on, few weeks earlier that turnaround might have started sooner he might be who we're most feared of in these playoffs right now i i'm gonna say it i think he's in the playoffs if that pod episode happens two three weeks earlier Mm -hmm. I, i think he's here yeah he needs to work on that that personal dad bod brand i think maybe a little bit of outreach yeah just Increase the visibility a little bit. You know, we we both worked in marketing, and you know, you gotta you gotta put yourself out there. People need to know who you are because if they don't know who you are, they can't buy it. That's right. <laughs> uh, so w- what's going on these days? And I know you're not in Charlottesville right now. You're in you're in Colorado right now. I'm in I Sweden. Am. We're max max time difference almost. This is Seth and I's normal when he and I are texting overnight. Um, 
trash talking the rest of the league, stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, what's been going on in, in your pandemic world? So um, I've got a sister and some nieces and a brother-in-law that live in Denver. So I've moved the, the quarantine out here after Thanksgiving. And I've been out here for, for two weeks and just, just doing the whole uncle thing. Um, probably pretty similar to your experience. Um, some small children in a small apartment and, you know, all the, the fun that that entails, the, the highs, the lows, the episodes of Daniel Tiger. I've got a lot mm. of Daniel Tiger songs stuck in my head. Oh yeah. Uh, Daniel Tiger's the, the third parent in my house. <laughs> um at dinner every week one of my nameless nieces um you know we ask what what was your favorite part of the day and it's Daniel Tiger every time. Mm-hmm. Um which is super cute. But got a lot of those songs stuck in my head. Mm-hmm. Um do you yeah. know what do you know what you're supposed to do if you if you feel that you have to go to the bathroom? What should you do? Stop and go right away. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> uh, man, that's the best. <laughs> I, yeah. All I've, the, I've this is the perfect dad bod league for that <laughs> kind of commentary. I think that yeah. will be greatly appreciated by much of the league. <laughs> They'll love it. Um, there's also a foster baby in the house right now, and he's, he's a very chill dude. Um, I've loved hanging out with him. But... But yeah, just enjoying Uncle Life. How about you? That's awesome. Uh, it's been, you know, it's been a hard year. <laughs> um, oh, tell me more about that. I, yeah, I, I feel like, I mean, we last talked, I think, in October, maybe. Yeah, it's been like four months. And I would have said the same thing then. It's, you know, like, relatively speaking, things are, things are, are probably fine. You know, everyone yeah. is struggling right now. And there are so many people that are worse off than, um, than my family in this, but it is, I would be remiss to not say that it is difficult to have two kids age almost three and just over one in an 800 square foot apartment. So it has been a challenge to, the you know we're we're pretty much quarantined uh our bubble is our apartment our uh, our neighbors who were uh, were also part of our bubble for most of the year have gone to finland for the holidays for the winter essentially for the next like month um and so it's been you know it's been a bit lonely uh it's been with the like kids ages that i said there's just like lots of big feelings all the time um, and so the, the keeping the peace is a big part of the, like the daily grind. Um, and it, it doesn't feel like we get, or we just don't get very many breaks. And I'd say that's the, um, that's probably like a pretty big theme for a lot of parents is you just don't get very many breaks. And again, I would emphasize that, you know, my, my kids are both in this like preschool for six hours a day. And so we do get a pretty like good chunk of time when I'm able to work and Nicole's able to do some uh, virtual class through her program here. So it's, um, it's not as bad as it could be, but it's still, you know, it's been pretty exhausting and we're looking forward to the vaccine and to, you know, general 
normalcy in the world or a sense of normalcy, at least. Um, I don't know, I don't know your question, I think, was how, how am I, but I'll expand a little bit more. So we actually, we moved uh, two weeks ago, I think it's been now. So we had been in the same apartment since we moved to Sweden uh, 18 months ago, 20 months ago, almost. Uh, and so we, we actually just moved this, this past two weeks ago into a place that we bought. Uh, it's a little bit bigger. Um, and so that's, you know, every, like every extra foot of space is, is pretty precious to me here. Yeah. Uh, but that's been a, a really fun change. It, the place is actually just across the street from where we were before. So it was, it was a yeah. relatively easy move. Uh, we did it over a week. That's why my timeline on when it happened is kind of blurred. Um, I think we got the keys two weeks ago and I've just been like, I don't know, schlepping furniture <laughs> for the last two weeks. Um, but that's been pretty fun. And then this past week, I completed a goal that I set in August when I realized I'd been running a lot in the pandemic to get through a thousand miles on the year. Um, and so that was pretty exciting as a personal milestone. Uh, it was it's actually a, a friend of mine's goal that once I realized it was possible for me, I, I took over and said that I would yeah, do it as well. Just adapted it. Yeah. Uh, and so that that's like, I don't know. I feel like that saved me this year, the ability to just like go out. And there's like so many different emotions that you can like run for, whether it's like anger or sadness or joy. <laughs> and I feel like in like each of those, it's uh, it's been really good. I hope I know Zach doesn't like to just go out and run, um, and so I hope he doesn't edit this out for that reason. That'd be pretty rude. Yeah, he's just like I, I'm not interested in this. <laughs> talk, running talk. <laughs> yeah, I don't run and I own a house. That's what I imagine he's saying. So, yeah, it's uh, things are okay. Things are hard. Things are good. Things are bad. Things are okay. It's a little bit of everything. It is. It's everything all at one time. Logical linear time doesn't exist. Yeah. Still feel very blessed, but it's it's really hard a lot a lot of the time. And yeah, the walking, running, so important for the the mental health and I always feel better when I do it and I don't always do it every day. I'm like even if it's just a five minute walk. I know I'm going to enjoy this. I know I'm going to feel better. Doesn't yeah. So check this out. This is crazy and depressing. Um, in Stockholm, we haven't had a full hour of sunlight since Thanksgiving. What? Um, so I thought we, you guys were getting like at least four. So we get like we get daylight, but it's been it's been so cloudy since like Thanksgiving and with the shorter days that there hasn't been a full hour where like the sun was out since thanksgiving that's crazy. um and I, I know that's happened before i think like the it's we've gone like the whole month of december before and it looks like that might happen again there was a chance on monday where it, it seemed like the sun might come out and then it didn't and the sun set and it was just nighttime at 2 45 um but so what i was going to say with that is even with that even with like no real sunlight it's been so crucial to get outside in the like four or five hours of daylight in the middle of the day uh, and to just like breathe fresh air and escape my apartment too. That's been so important to my own 
sanity and mental health. And that's frankly where most of the running has come from of like, I can't stay in this apartment all day. I got to get outside. And so I just like go for a run for an hour and come back. <laughs> and that has added up over the year. Yeah. What, what's the longest run been? Um, I think like 12 miles probably. Okay. But I don't, it's, it's usually between like five and 10, I would say is like the, the typical range. And the, the average for the year was closer to like a 10 K. Okay. So, which jives with like, you know, they're, they certainly weren't a fast thousand miles. Um, but it was usually like whatever I could get done in 45 minutes or an hour. And then on the weekends, I would, I was a little bit more diligent about actually going for a, a longer run. And that was where it felt more like, like work, I would say, <laughs> or it was more of like a drag. Yeah. I'm glad you tempered it a little bit because, you know, we weren't going to be impressed by the thousand miles and mm-hmm. it seemed like you wanted us to be. So I'm glad you yeah. mentioned that they weren't fast because mm-hmm. our, our listeners deserve to know. Yeah. I mean, they were like, like six minute miles. I don't, do you think that's fast? No. I mean, yeah. back, back in my athlete days, you know, anything over 520, I was disappointed. You know, it's a real letdown. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, just for the record, that's, that's nowhere close to true. So, uh, they were slow miles, but they were, they were good ones. They got, they got me through some stuff. Those big feelings that I described for my kids actually apply to, to me and my wife as well. <laughs> big feelings this year. Big feels. Which is tough for me. I'm not overly emotional. The pandemic will bring it out. I'm, I'm a sensitive rock. I am. I feel everything. Yeah, I, I think know what I'm saying right now. there's a different, we're 15 minutes in and we haven't said anything. We haven't um, said anything. But that's Zach okay. Cuts. Judicious cuts. No, leave it in, Zach. Put the, move this to the show notes, Zach. Move this recording to the show notes. Can um, add a video? Can you <laughs> add a Daniel Tiger video to this? Oh, that'd be great. Or maybe just like the transcript of a couple episodes so people know yeah. what we're talking about. Just so they know. Matt doesn't have kids. He has no idea. Yeah, Matt doesn't even know who Daniel Tiger is. I'll never forgive him for that. Uh, so so where were we? That's that's how I am. I'm still working from home, too. I think I said that. Um, yep. Yeah. For my nameless company that will host this podcast. Yeah. The acquisition. Right. There's been talk about, you know, possible exclusive rights for season four. <laughs> I don't know. Got to let our lawyer, Cody, hammer out those details, but it's possible. Yeah, it just seems like he isn't, he doesn't seem to, uh, he just thinks that we're kind of a joke, it seems. I don't know. I know. Disappointed. Did you, my late night phone calls. <laughs> did you check out your Spotify wrapped campaign? Uh, I feel like I got an email about that. Oh my gosh, you're killing me. For, for our listeners that use Spotify, check out your, there's a, it's called a shelf, but on your, your home screen in your app, this isn't a plug. This is just something cool that you'll enjoy. Um, so, so please don't, (laughs) don't assume it's an ad. Um, sounds like an ad. Though I I will. Traded two ads last time, I think. Yeah. And another one for Blue Apron. 
this is my ad for Spotify. So there's a, it's just a cool campaign that they do at the end of every year for all their subscribers where they'll give you like highlights from your year of listening. They'll tell you what you listen to the most and suggest new things based on that and stuff like that. It's a, it's fun. I think if you are a Spotify listener, I think you'll really enjoy it. And if you're not, then we should get, get those people on the pod to talk about why, why they would insult me and my family in that way. Yeah, how does Spotify compare to Amazon Music? Just asking for a friend. Uh, does Amazon Music even have a free tier? I don't think they do. Um, I know this just because they offered one to me, but it's free for at least three months. Okay, so they offer a lot of trials. Um, yeah, I mean, the way that I would describe it is that for like Amazon, Apple, for Google, for all of the like competitors right now, music is just a commodity. And so I don't think there's any real investment going into like your personal experience with it and your enjoyment of it. Whereas because it is the business for Spotify, it's an opportunity for differentiation just in the fact that it's not a commodity. Yeah. Um, so it feels to me like, I mean, you know, I don't think I have to even say how biased I am on this front. Um, but before we don't have any disclosure rules, you're good. Yeah, um, th- these are not stock tips. <laughs> I, I don't know that you may have thought that they were, but they, they are not. Um, yeah, for all of those companies, music is just something they have to do because everyone else does it. And so there's not really an incentive to do it particularly well, I would say. And it's I think it's a hard space to differentiate in because... Like you can, regardless of which service you use or pay for, you're going to be accessing pretty much the same content. Um, and so the question is like, how do you how do you make someone's experience better when it's the same content? It's not like Netflix where there's a lot of exclusives, though we do have more exclusives now, like the podcasting space. Um, and the answer is through like personalization and music discovery. Like I, I would bet that if you use Spotify versus Apple Music or Amazon or YouTube, whatever it's called for Google now, um, you'll find more new music that you enjoy with Spotify. Nice. There That's it is. my ad, yeah. Spotify plug. Stop insulting Caleb and his family. Why would you yeah. do that? Come on. So the reason we do this pod is because mm-hmm. of fantasy football and Egos. <laughs> yeah, I thought you were going to uh, say it's cheaper than therapy, but those are great reasons. An insatiable need to be liked and respected. And so let's talk a little bit about the league. You and I are two of the four teams in that remain in the playoffs. We are uh, – so there, there are three teams left that would be first-time winners in the Dad Bod League. And the other – Team Seth is a, a former champion. He would tie Steven for most all-time dad bod league wins at two, uh, which, you know, is non-insignificant for how young our league is. Uh, it would put him on the it would put him on the path to having an arc bend towards him. Ugh. Which which could be cool for him, not for you and your I'm rivalry. Physically sick. Right yeah. now. This is a man who's drafted multiple kickers in the same draft <laughs> and he's got a shot to become a two-time champion so it seems like 
there's a, a pretty high likelihood that there's a kicker storyline from this year's champion. Right. Almost undoubtedly. Yeah. yeah. Of course, that assumes neither of us will be in it, which I don't really want to entertain. Um, but let me, here's a, an interesting stat for you. If, if Seth wins the championship, he, and I'm assuming he's not in any other leagues because he's made pretty clear his disdain for other leagues. Uh, his all-time fantasy football record would be 104 wins and 104 losses. He would be a perfect 50% in Yahoo fantasy football all-time. Wow. So everything is random. I think that's important to say, first of all. Um, and we would have a two-time league champion whose all-time winning percent- percentage is, you know, is 500. He is 8-8. Eight and eight. That is fitting because Jason Garrett is the offensive coordinator of the New York Giants. Yeah, it's uh, (laughs) – yeah, that's a good Giants pulling. It's someone that you see their record is terrible forever, and somehow they won two Super Bowls. And you don't know how or when because you know that the whole time their record was not that good, but you also know that it happened. Yeah. That's Eli Manning to a T. Yeah, Seth is Eli Manning. And Jason Garrett. <laughs> Jason Garrett. Uh, that's I think I think that's just double insulting. Yeah, that's good. That he'll appreciate cool. that. He'll love it. He'll be the first and last to listen, so he'll love it. Um. Yeah. Some other. So I I've sort of you know segued us into this like data corner where we talk about people's all time Yahoo fantasy records. Um in mentioning that with Seth. But before we talk more about the playoffs, let's just touch on that. I think it's, when I, I saw this for myself, so I'm uh, 57% all-time. Uh, I have a smaller sample, so it's 120 games matchups so far. Um, and I, I have the second most, it's behind you, at 60%. But the, the vast majority of the league, so nine people, uh, are between 48 and 52 uh, percent, which is, you know, we've talked a lot on the pod about, I, I say all the time that I think it's most of fantasy football is a coin flip. Uh, and the only, the only way you've been able to talk me down from that is to say it's a coin flip that you can like maybe slightly wait. And yeah. I think that this, this like, or these data points where we look at people's all time records sort of emphasize that. I mean, I, I really like this data set because it provides a much larger sample than our, even just our league history can provide if we look all time. Um, but this is, you know, we have we have different leagues, so people will play in more competitive or, or less competitive ones um, over a many year period. And what we still see is that it hovers right around that 50% mark. Uh, and there are just these very slight differences that we can hopefully, I mean, Honestly, even if it was still random, I think 80% of the league would still participate if it was proven random. Um, but the the dream is that we can, you know, maybe tip the scales by just a little bit to get to that like nine and seven mark and and win the league doing so in one specific year. What are your thoughts yeah. on that randomness? No, it it is that that's part of football is that. 
the sample size is so small. 16 games is, mm-hmm. you know, incredibly small, especially when you compare it to something like baseball with a 162-game season, um, you know, basketball, 82 games, hockey, kind of the same thing. Um, it's just so compressed for football that, you know, you really are trying to find these small, exploitable edges and, you know, a, just a little bit can make a big difference. Um, and to to kind of get into some of the the nerdy stuff about the league and, and some of the things that I think about, like in my matchup with Steven a couple weeks ago, I came into that, I think, maybe a 10-point underdog. And Josh Allen, my quarterback, who has been a big hit for me this this year, was on bye. Um, but I had Adam Thielen. I traded for Justin Jefferson from that. So I picked up Kirk Cousins off the waiver wire. And, you know, the thought process there was by getting this double stack of a quarterback and two wide receivers, I correlate my outcomes. So it's mm-hmm. still a coin flip of whether or not, you know, these guys are going to score touchdowns, but I correlate my team so that, you know, if Justin Jefferson has a big game, well, then Kirk Cousins is also going to have a big game. Mm-hmm. Um, and if Kirk Cousins has a big game, well, his two wide receivers are the only Jefferson. So these are the guys that they're going to, um, you know, and that, that worked out for me. I ended up beating Steven. That played a big role in me ending up with this first round bye in the playoffs, which I would have gotten rocked by any opponent except for Matt. I think I would have beaten Matt this week. But, um, you know, you and the other three people that played in the games, I'd, I would have lost. And I'd be out. My season would be over. Um, like Matt, I would not be dying with dignity. I'd be scratching, clawing, screaming. Dropping your roster. McCaffrey on, on the waiver wire. Out of <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I mean, like it, that decision still could have ended up in a loss. And mm-hmm. if Kirk Cousins has a bad game, well, half my roster just had a bad game because Kirk didn't get on the ball. Um, yeah. But it's, wise, uh... you know, you're tying it together so that you have the opportunity and that one just happened to work out for me. Mm-hmm. But if it hadn't, I still think that's the right decision there. The process is good. The randomness of the result just wouldn't have worked out in my favor. But in that case, it did. And, you know, the payoff was pretty good. Yeah. I mean, I would still argue that there's a lot of randomness in, like, whether that strategy hits or not. Um, but I, I take your point that you are able to correlate the outcome, as you said, a bit more. Uh, you're, you're basically what you're doing is making it so that if if you do if that strategy does hit, um, you're pretty much guaranteed the win, uh, or you're you're increasing your like likelihood of winning because you're probably going to end up with like 130 points, and we know from the historical distributions that that's um, like 90 percent of the time or more, or 95 percent of the time what it takes to get a win. Um, so you're yeah, I think you're kind of like. You're shifting where, where you are on those curves for determining if it if it will be a win or loss depending on whether it it strikes or not. 
Uh, because as you said, if it, if it doesn't hit, if, you know, if like Kirk Cousins has a bad game, then you probably have like a, I don't know, 70 point swing. (laughs) And, and so you're, you're like, you're definitely going to lose. So I think that that's, uh, I don't know. It still like falls within this, like randomness paradigm that I'm pushing where whether or not he has a, a good game will like greatly influence the final result. And I think that's almost like a coin flip. Um, But I like the idea of um, maybe like mitigating some of the other randomness in it. You're like, you're pushing your, you're putting your foot on the scale for better or for worse in that, in that strategy. And I can get behind that. Yeah. And I mean, even in that game, so another thought process there was they're playing the Cowboys. The Cowboys have a really bad defense, but the Vikings also have Dalvin Cook and the Cowboys are giving up 250 rushing yards a game. So Mm -hmm. if those touchdowns, which is where a lot of those fantasy points come from, are Dalvin Cook rushing touchdowns, then, you know, that stack completely falls apart on me and Mm -hmm. I lose the matchup. But those touchdowns, which, you know, call it luck, call it randomness, happen to be passing touchdowns. And Dalvin Cook didn't have a monster game. Um, So it it is still heavily dependent on luck. Mm -hmm. You you just can't avoid that. Right. Uh, But, you know, you're, you're trying to find, okay, what what can happen what is the probability of that happening and you know if if the probability of of those things is a little bit higher than something else happening can you correlate those outcomes so that if the good outcome happens you can kind of maximize that um and extend extend the benefit of your luck if that makes sense yeah i mean i think that we're we're sort of also touching on why Steven's strategy is, is so effective in general. Um, my assumption, so he's like, he's pretty much drafting ADP, right? And I assume pretty much starting like highest projected points each week. Um, it is ADP, but it's also value-based drafting, which takes into account um, positional value as well, which I think was a big reason he ended up with Travis Kelsey this year, who if we redrafted based off of the numbers that Travis Kelsey is doing and the weakness of the tight end position, Mm -hmm. Travis Kelsey might get drafted as high as five overall, four overall. I mean, he's Um, putting up almost running back numbers or he is putting up running back numbers. Um, Yeah. yeah, So I guess where I'm going with that is that it's all like, those are all still probability based and and so by, by aligning yourself pretty closely with those probabilities, you're, you're going to do well in the like 95% scenario. And we've seen time and again that he, like he, he pretty consistently wins. Um, but there's still that, like the margins where um, there is like the, like the noise or the randomness that's introduced that um, he might lose on a, a given week, like this last week where he lost by a point and a half that can totally alter the outcome or like shift the, the season. <laughs> um, and I think that's really interesting to think about 
his case too, where there's not a ton of like, it's a strategy. It's not a, uh, it's not a, like, how can I put my finger on the scale kind of strategy? I think it's sort of like, how can I, what are like the highest probabilities for me to win on a given week? And I'm going to choose those without, um, doing some of the other stuff of like, I'm going to tip the scales by uh, starting this like receiver quarterback combo or by like making sure I'm not like my situation with uh, Rogers and Devante this week, uh, that sort of thing. You're like mitigating the codependencies. Right. So I don't know. I think let's move on. We'll talk about something else. Uh, were you, were you surprised by who ended up making the playoffs this year? I wasn't, um, you know, just going back to our theorem that podcast involvement inevitably mm-hmm. leads to fantasy football success. You know, you, you just look at it. Podcast host, podcast co-host number one, co-host number two, mm-hmm. co-host number three, editor. Like, you know, and then we, we had to fill it out somehow, mm-hmm. obviously. It's Steven with his with his app based draft. Who we talk about a lot on the podcast. Yeah. And the arc of the season bends towards Steven. That is just nursery rhymes that were taught at the age of two and stick with us our entire lives. So I think there's a Daniel Tiger about that. There there's at least two episodes about that, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, I, I think the one surprise to me was Seth. I don't know how he made it here. I don't know how he won last week. It's, it's blowing my mind a little bit, but yeah, everything else adds up. I think you look at, um, you know, the power rankings and the teams that haven't been devastated by injuries, um, you know, and the the convincing argument that Trey put put on when he was he was on the pod. Um, you know, I think he he definitely had some tough luck there that he absolutely could have could have been dangerous in the playoffs. So mm-hmm. get rid of Seth, give me Trey. This is this is the playoff bracket I would have picked. Yeah, I would not want to. Well. I don't want to play. I don't want to play anyone. <laughs> I, I, I know. hear everyone in the last week on by. Yeah, uh, it was fantastic. I wish I hadn't put all those points up. But now I have to play someone again this week, and mm-hmm. I'm nervous. Yeah, when I look at my own roster, I think that the injury the injury point is really interesting because I I don't I don't know that anyone avoided injuries this year. I think some people obviously had them worse, but I look at my own roster and I I had a lot of injuries for a long time, but they were always just a bit staggered. <laughs> and that I think is like what got me through. So like Ridley and Jones both missed time. Um, <laughs> Moster is killing me and is hurt again. Uh, he missed a big chunk of time, but didn't overlap too much. I think Aaron Jones was the main overlap there. And then Kittle's obviously been out for a long time, but I picked up Tanya this like week before he went out, and that's been pretty good for me. Uh, but I think that the the way that they've they've staggered a bit and never really been, I've never had too many in the same week has been what's allowed me to keep or to stay afloat. 
Yeah, the the Kittle one that hurts. Mm-hmm. Mostert. Yeah, man. If he had he has Dallas this week, that'd be that'd be helpful if he was healthy. But I I feel a little bit the same way because I had AJ Brown was banged up a little bit. Miles Sanders was hurt. Jameson Crowder was hurt. Um, you know, my first round pick, CEH, has not lived up to first round draft status. He's definitely mm-hmm. had a few okay games, but, you know, he's not out there putting up Derrick Henry monster numbers or Aaron Jones, Alvin Kamara, you know, when they when they have their ceiling games. Um, so really, I, I just got to give credit to Matt for trading me his good players and helping. Really my kind. Yeah. You know, not sure it would have worked out otherwise. Although Miles Sanders did have a huge game last week. So who knows? Maybe maybe holding would have paid off for me. Are there any uh, are there any big misses that you identify for yourself on the season? What's the, the biggest mistake you've made? So, I mean, CH in the first round, you know, I got I got excited. I reached um, for that. And then I think the next big miss was T.Y. Hilton, although he scored a touchdown in three straight games. Um, and Zach Ertz. Oh, I forgot about Ertz. He was he was my fourth round pick, fifth round pick. Yeah, he was up there. Yeah, um, you know, took him because tight end kind of looked like a wasteland this year, and that was hugely disappointing. So those those were the big misses, and then I I would say that the part that I'm continually weak in is not jumping early in the season on the waiver wire. And I think the biggest part of that for me is I, I see like a rookie breakout and I'm like, that's a fluke game. He's, he's not going to do that instead of recognizing the ceiling that they have and being like, Oh, I should scoop up James Robinson because he had 95% of the rushing attempts in Jacksonville. And yeah, Jacksonville is going to get the number two overall pick. Mm-hmm. They're going to take Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields. <laughs> They're going to be an awful team, but James Robinson, if he's going to get 95% of the carries, could be a stud. Yeah. So missing out on guys like Robinson, Jefferson, Claypool, because I I don't properly wait on the waiver wire the, the upside that they could have. Yeah, I fall into the trap of believing that my own bench players who I will never start are somehow still more valuable than the like potential of these players on the wire. Uh, Robinson was a big pickup for me this year. Uh, I effectively turned him into digs. Thanks, Matt, for that one. Um, and that is, you know, that has paid off all season long. Yeah. That allowed me to, to atone for drafting Nicole Hardman so high up. <laughs> How many weeks did you start Hardman? Because I feel like it was a lot. No, it wasn't that many. It was only 
it was the Ridley injury weeks and before Darius Slayton showed himself to have very little value. I feel I, when I look at my bench, it's a lot different now because I've finally like ripped off the bandaid on many of them. But for most of the season, it felt like I was carrying around six players that I could never start, but if I dropped, would be picked up immediately. And so I wasn't willing to drop them. And I think that that's just like a, I think that that is a losing strategy. I I can sort of believe in Matt's principle of churning the bench, but only insofar as saying that if you're holding bench players that you don't think you will ever start, then you should be more willing to let them go. And that, that was my problem too, is I had so much faith in my bench players in mm-hmm. T.Y. Hilton. You know, he drops a 40-yard touchdown week one. I'm like, oh, he's getting open. He's getting looks. Yeah. He just dropped the big play for me. Um, and, you know, that just didn't happen until these past three weeks. But you can't hold him for for 12. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, exactly. Like, I, kind of the same thing with Deshaun Jackson of, you know, the Eagles don't have a lot of wide receiver options, especially with Rager getting hurt early in the season. And I think I drafted like seven Eagles. I had, I had way too many Eagles for an offense that did not pay off. And that's an example of the, the stack on wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, over the course of the season, divested myself of, of all Eagles shares, but um, but yeah, I mean, like T.Y. Hilton, Jameson Crowder, Deshaun Jackson, you know, all these guys showed promise. And I was like, my late round draft picks could could really hit for me. Um, but because of that, passed up a lot of these guys that, that turned into studs. But yeah, you traded them to Matt and Matt traded them to me. So it works out in the long run. I'm still waiting to see that Matt, like the round robin. For all of his trades, I want to know who who his original like who he gave away and who he received in aggregate on the season. I think that's going to be a fascinating view. Yeah, I I just know like he played me one or two weeks after the trade. Um, you know, and he had his foregone conclusion theory of he's going to make the playoffs, give him the best best playoff team, but. The mm-hmm. players involved absolutely led to a week of victory for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's had quite an influence on this, this season. Uh, perhaps not in the way that he intended but the, when he was making the trades at the time. Um, who, so, well, I guess we're two of the four. Um, who do you think is the most likely to win our league? Um, I'd probably put the odds at you, Zach, me, Seth. But that's, I mean, yeah, I think that makes sense because it's primarily just the, like, if you sorted us by points, that's what you would have, right? Yes. Which is probably the best you could really do. It's the best I can do. And predicting stuff. So a couple, a couple of things that I think are interesting. Um, 
when I look at the four of us that are left. I'm on a six-game winning streak right now, so to win the league would finish with eight. Uh, Seth is on a four-game winning streak, so would finish with a six-game streak. Um, I think that, or what what we've seen is that uh, Seth hasn't. I mean, he he had a big week last week, but prior to that, uh, he had won a good number of games with a a small number of points. So he actually, I believe, maybe I hope I'm not wrong about this. He he made the playoffs with more points allowed than four, right? Oh wow. I don't know if yeah. that's true or not, but that's right. I fully endorse slander, especially of Seth on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, he finished with the, I guess, seventh most points in the league, sixth most. Um, and he allowed 30 more than he put forward, which, you know, is it's a, a bit of a, it's a dumb metric because it's so influenced by big weeks in one direction. Um, but I, I think it's still it's it's fascinating that he's the only one in the playoff set that has done that, uh, and that he's he's carrying that four game winning streak now without uh, without having really put up uh, very many big weeks. So I think that it's I I would say this every week against every opponent, but it it always feels like especially this season like I should win, but there's just too much randomness for me to feel hopeful about it. Um, I get, it would make sense for the person who finished the season 10 and two to win <laughs> in the playoffs or 11 and two. Um, but it, you just never know. So I think that those, those odds that you put forward are right. Uh, I'm, I'm really excited to see what happens this weekend. I just want, I just want to know. Same. I just want to know who I'm playing in the championship. You know, my my matchup with Zach does feel about as close to a 50-50 coin flip as you can get. Um, he's got three guys playing tomorrow: mm-hmm. um, Keenan Allen, Eckler, Darren Waller, and those are all guys that have pretty high ceilings. So it's nice that I'll I'll kind of get a lot of his big guns out of the way Thursday and get a pretty quick look at how likely this, this could be for me, but he's got yeah. a team. He's got pretty, pretty full roster. So fingers crossed, hoping for big weeks. So I've uh, got to get going soon. I see that my, my son has woken up and is using the, the top pod in his room currently. Um, <laughs> but I wanted to do a quick round of, of high-low for points in okay. our league this year. Yeah. Um, do you have any guesses for who scored the most points in a week in our league this year? I'm going to go Zach. No. So... Zach had the third most, so I I actually had the most last week, but doesn't count because I was on by. Um, the the next most was Robert. I I love being able to throw oh, yeah. a positive Robert stat in there because I feel like when I come on here, I don't often do that. So Robert had the most points in the league this year at 160. So it was the 
before my week last week, it was the only time anyone crossed that that mark this year. Um, and then the least points in the league. I think you already know that one. I do. I think this might have been a Seth Yahoo corner segment. Yeah. So let's do the second the second lowest. Okay. Um, that one is actually our friend Matt with 62. Whew. Sorry, Rumi. Yeah, you know, it was a foregone delusion. So, was that last week in the playoffs? Uh, no, he was in the 80s last week, wasn't he? Oh, okay. Good job. I thought Probably he was. I don't know. I don't have the week on that, though, so it could be. Uh, one other thing that I think is interesting, uh, Zach, Zach's lowest point total on the year was 98. It was 97 and a half, but you get the point. I think that that's remarkable for... Yeah, that's impressive. Yeah. I'm still waiting for the year where we have someone that doesn't go below 100, but this is pretty close. Um, do you know? What, do you have any guesses what years are? What your range is? Mm. Um... I'm going to guess 154 to 79. You think quite highly of yourself, friend. <laughs> your uh, your max points was 148, and your okay. min was 70. All right. So, so, I mean, I was pretty close on the upper range. Uh, yeah. Six off and nine off? Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, sure. I knew Um, I needed to get to 150 to rename Sean a couple mm -hmm. weeks ago. Mm -hmm. So I knew I had at least one high 140s. So I I pushed it a little bit. I I got optimistic about a 150. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we've only... We've only had five, um, or I guess six, because mine's not in this list. Uh, we've had six managers with a hundred and fifty plus this year. Which you know, when I look at this uh, this list, it's pretty it's pretty impressive. There's some high totals on here. It seems like everyone had at least one week to be excited about. I mean, even Drew had a hundred and forty two week. I mean, Drew. Drew had a good team. He's another one that kind of got derailed by injuries. Julio, forever injured. Mm-hmm. Joe Mixon. Forever injured, never in the end zone. Yeah, uh, just, <laughs> Mixon got hurt. It was like a toe injury. And they're like, yeah, he'll be back in a couple weeks. And then three weeks later, he went on the IR and mm-hmm. still hasn't come back. Yeah. But, I mean, he Drew was looking scary at one point in time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I'm well. I'm a little bit unfair to to Drew because I'm looking at his 44 point lowest points week. Um, who do you think scored? Who had who had the lowest max point week? Travis. Ooh, yeah, that's right. So Travis's uh, Travis's max was 127 this year. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I don't think we're going to get the commissioner to come on and talk about his despair, but I'm optimistic we can we can get him on here after the Chiefs win the Super Bowl 
back to back. Yeah, it seems like this is per your message in the group me yesterday evening for me. It seems like Travis has chosen to to die with dignity and delete the app. <laughs> so and and possibly the his podcasting app of choice as well. <laughs> but we'll get him back after the Chiefs win the Super Bowl. Yeah, exactly. He'll have something to to celebrate again. Um, cool. Anything anything else you want to wrap up with before I tell you to fall in a well? No, I think you know you go win your matchup this week. I'll try to win mine, and uh, you know we can meet up same place, same time next week. I think yeah, well, that's like Christmas Day for me, and whatever the day after Christmas is in Sweden. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we'll uh, we'll just run the pod back with a, a little championship preview and some some mild trash talk. Yeah, I'll I'll try to step up the trash talk. We'll see how prep goes. Who knows? Maybe yeah. maybe we'll have some fun segments. Yeah, I'll do some more some more data work for it than the the high low segment. That's a bit that's a bit lazy, admittedly. Oh, I think Seth could yeah. almost get that out of Yahoo. This was not our best work, but you know, after a month off, you throw out a pod. That's all you can ask for. The first one back is is always the worst. It it's only hard. gets better from here. It's hard, you know. And then the time off. It's just harder to come back. I don't know. What what was the longest uh, break between runs for you? Days. Oh, was. it couldn't have been more than three. But like, how hard was it? It was terrible. Three days. Well, to, to I don't think I ever. I don't think I took a long enough break for it to be really bad. But I appreciate the sentiment where the first one back is miserable, and then the second one is when you realize that you're still capable of running. Um, and so I think that this, you know, this has been, I'm not willing to say this was miserable, but I think the next pod will, will really hit our stride, which I guess will be Seth, right? Since he's, he and I alternate co-host. Yeah. I mean, it'll be (laughs) you, Matt, Seth, or Zach. Mm -hmm. And that's just, that's science. That's okay. Yeah. But there's a wild card solo pod that could happen. (laughs) Yeah, we're we'll believe it when we hear it. I know. I I got to keep the threat out there so that when it does come, I can hit you with a trash talk monologue about the haters. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, all right, Jamie. I got to roll. It's good catching right. up. It's good to hear about your life, and it was good to talk about this league that we're both going to win. What's the championship tiebreaker? <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm willing to to split the money and call us co-champions if we do tie, regardless uh, of whether or not I win the the tiebreaker. I love that only, idea. Only for a co-host. That's let's that's bank on it. That sounds a lot like collusion, but let's uh, let's go for it anyway. Most people probably don't make it this far into the pod anyway, so yeah, nobody's listening. <laughs> But great to hear from you. Hope you have a good holiday with fam. Um, Say hi to everyone for me. Will do. Catch you later. All right. Go fall in a well. Fall in a well. Bye.